0: Skin biopsies are one of the most comprehensive tools we have in veterinary dermatology. It's amazing the amount of information you can get from a four to six millimeter punch of skin. And I previously went over skin biopsies in episode four of the podcast, but I wanted to reiterate some of the top tips regarding skin biopsies. Because I think there's a few little tweaks you can make to your protocol that can make a big difference in the diagnostic information you are getting. I mean, it frustrates us, along with you guys, when we get a biopsy result back that's inconclusive or waxes and wanes. And sometimes the skin is very complicated. Um, The type of inflammation it can throw out, the changes that can happen very quickly can be really difficult to pick up on. There's definitely things we can do when we are collecting these biopsies to make the life of our pathologists a bit easier um, when they're trying to give us a definitive diagnosis. So one of the first things I always uh, mention when veterinarians are asking for advice on skin biopsies one, go big or go home. And I mentioned this in episode four, but you want to really try to collect big biopsies and substantial biopsies when you can. The more information, the better. So I would say on average, if it's a more diffuse, um, case, That's not like a tiny cat or something really small, then I'm most often collecting six millimeter punches just to have a a lot of good information um, available because I'm submitting more tissues. I do at times collect fours um, if it's smaller lesions or sometimes the nasal planum or, you know, a smaller dog or cat. But I'd say between four and six um, for just a diffuse case are my more typical ones. I almost never go smaller than a four. Um, I usually only go bigger than a six if I'm actually punching a nodule off or say like a hyper, sebaceous hyperplasia. Um, But I'd say that between four or six, maybe eight are my more common sizes, but I definitely try to go larger if I can. Um, Two different lesions. So one, go bigger, or go home to collect different types of lesions. So you don't want to just collect in the middle of a big ulcer, because remember, by definition, an ulcer is there's no epidermis present. So if you say are diagnosing a potential pimphigus case and say the there was a big crust on the skin that's fallen off, and it's just left a big ulcer, if you just biopsy that ulcer, you're going to not get a diagnosis based on your histopathology because a lot of times the answer is in the crust for those lesions. So if you're seeing a pet that has depigmentation and crusting and ulcerations, get different representations. So I love biopsying depigmented lesions. Uh, They're often the earlier, more acute lesions that are more active and they can give us a ton of information. So if you notice that there's like some kind of graying areas to the muzzle or the nasal planum, definitely go for those. More swollen areas I think can be really helpful. Um, you just want to collect different areas. And along with go bigger, or go home besides the size of the punch, you also want to collect a lot of different punches. So I've had cases where just a one site small biopsy was taken and then the Biopsy report is very inconclusive and I'll see the case and I'll have to explain to the owner that we really – should consider re biopsying the pet because I think it's important um, that biopsy would actually give us a lot of information if we can collect more samples in different areas of the skin. So, to avoid that, you want to really collect I mean, in most cases I do three to four sites just to really give the pathologist more um, information to work with. Sometimes I've read uh, histopathology slides in my training for boards and Sometimes you'll see like a tissue slide and it will look pretty boring and not have that much information, then you'll see a different punch of the same patient. And it's just rip roaring with inflammation and has your answer. So I figure if I can give the pathologist the best chance to have a different section of skin that might have the answer we're looking for, then that benefits, you know, the patient that benefits me that benefits the client. So you definitely want to make sure you're taking several um, different locations. So So one, go big or go home with the size of punch you're using. Um, Make sure that we're getting different types of lesions. Make sure that you're getting numerous lesions. And then the crust is a must. So one of my other big tips is making sure that we are collecting the crust. I just biopsied a case earlier this week where when I collected the biopsy, I went to go cut the biopsy away from the skin and the crust fell off of my sample. And so I told my technician to grab the crust and throw it into the formalin because sometimes that crust is what actually has your answer in it, especially when you're talking about things like pemphigus. So if you have a big piece of debris that falls off of your sample, Go ahead and throw it into the formalin jar so that you, again, have the chance to maybe catch something like acanthalytic keratinocytes, which often can get uh, caught in the crust itself. And then make sure my last big, big tip as far as um, submitting samples and getting the best information possible is send it to a dermatopathologist. The skin is wacky. It does a lot of different things things. It changes quickly. Um, Inflammatory patterns can look the same between diseases. There sometimes are very, very minute um, things that dermatopathologists are picking up on. And so it's important to send it to someone who's really used to seeing those weird changes and identifying, you know, different forms of say lupus, like there's mucocutaneous lupus, um, there's mucocutaneous pyoderma, there's mucocutaneous, uh, mucous membrane pifigoid. Like there's lots of different weird things that the prognosis and the treatment can change on. So we want to make sure that we're having someone who's used to seeing these changes in the skin evaluate our samples. So There's various, um, dermatopathologists within private practice. There's various dermatopathologists within, um, industry and with universities. So finding someone who has a specific interest in the skin can definitely be extremely helpful. So when I, when I sample biopsies, um, you know, I'm collecting the punches we are not prepping them unless we're collecting a biopsy because sometimes that can wipe away our answers. So dermatologists like to be dirty. <laughs> we want to have the crust. We want to um not sterilize the samples. Uh, like I said, unless we're collecting a deep tissue culture, that's different for just for a diagnostic sample. We're usually not uh, prepping them at all because that can wipe away some of our answers. Then I collect my punch and then I do put sutures in them depending on the size of the biopsy. I either put in simple interrupteds, or I put in cruciates if it is an area where I'm afraid the pet might be really bothering it say like a limb um, I tend to put in several simple interrupteds instead of a cruciate just to maximize the chance if a pet did lick or chew one of them out the whole thing doesn't fall apart Um, I will often use PDS um, either three aught or four aught, depending on the size of the animal. Um, but in some cases, and I've recently learned this um, from a surgeon, um, I'll just use monocryl. If I have a fractious cat and you know, I think where we'd have to sedate to even think about taking the sutures out, or it'd be stressful for them to come back in. Um, it break down it breaks down a lot faster. I personally don't like suturing with it as much, but since we're just doing um, very small samples, it absorbs faster, and then we can um, skip them having to come back in for a suture removal. So that can be extremely helpful and beneficial for the pet, so we don't have to worry about sedating them or just you know stressing them out if they're coming in. I almost always uh, sedate patients too. So if it's a truncal biopsy and a focal lesion and the... Pet's not really particularly, you know, frantic or stressed. Then I'll just do local um, lidocaine and sodium bicarb and, and take a sample. But I do think sometimes it can be stressful. We're often biopsying cases that they're uncomfortable. They have inflamed skin, and so I do use a lot of um, dexdomator for sedation, so I can reverse it when I'm done. Um, sometimes on certain patients, I'll use a combination of butorphanol um, with dexdomitor. Obviously, you have to assure there's no contraindication like cardiac disease if you are going to use something uh, like dextomator. So I hope that's helpful. I've just had a lot of questions lately regarding, um, you know, tips for biopsies and feeling comfortable with that. Um, You can you guys can biopsy successfully. You can maximize the chance you get better results. And if you don't feel comfortable, you absolutely can have them referred. Um, but I think just making sure you take big samples, lots of samples, um, and getting them to a dermatopathologist can be extremely helpful and making sure you're sending in, uh, you know, complete the form with history on it. Um, I know most dermatopathologists I talk to really like to know what, where the lesions are from, what we're clinically seeing, what's the history that can all be extremely helpful as far as making sure they can get an answer for you until next time. Shoot me any podcast episode ideas you have, um, at either the dermvet.com or through my social media sites on Instagram or Facebook.